faith, right? All right, uh, living by faith, and tonight we want to look at the strategy of faith. And we're just looking at verse 30. Verse 30. Hebrews 11, verse 30. Now, building a life of faith requires obedience to many principles of life that we've discovered throughout our study. Uh, just think about the list of things that uh, uh, we have already looked at. Faith will lead you to give offerings to God. We saw that in Abel. Will lead you to fulfill your purposes. We saw that in Enoch. Provide you protection. We saw that in Noah. Lead you to obedience. Abraham. Build your strength. Sarah. Lead you on your journey. Abraham and Sarah. Help you through a trial, Abraham and Isaac. Help you advance in your life, Jacob and Esau. Give you a healthy vision, Joseph. Help you to say no or refuse that which is not good, Moses. And fill your life with stability, again, Moses. Now, considering all the blessed fruits of faith, it's clear that we spiritually win through faith. That's a... a, a we could say a win, 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 uh, uh, even all the way through here. Uh, we uh, spiritually have victory through faith. First John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. So we're introduced to today to really the only inanimate object recorded in Hebrews 11 that affected was affected by faith. And so we are looking at verse 30. It says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. So, so far we've been looking at people, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, and so forth, down to Moses. Now we're going to look at the walls of Jericho, affected by faith. See, when the nation of Israel crossed the Jordan River, made their way to the promised land, God commanded them to inhabit the land, to destroy their enemies. And their first conflict came at Jericho. Jericho was the first city they came to in Canaan. And the city was surrounded by great wall. Uh, and God miraculously aided his people by bringing down the walls. And the Israelites totally destroyed the city, sparing only Rahab and her household. And according to historians and even archaeologists, the city was not rebuilt for more than 500 years afterward. And as Joshua and the people neared the city, God commanded them to do something very unusual. Now we're going to be back in the book of Joshua, so we might as well just turn there. Uh, because this is where we see what uh, we're going to be talking about here tonight in the book of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2, it says there, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, and ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus 
shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. So here's the account of the uh, instructions that God gave to Joshua concerning taking the city of Jericho. March around the city one time every day for six days, in silence, basically. No. On the seventh day, they were to blow the trumpets and shout. And this, God said, would initiate his power to pull down these great walls. And there are spiritual walls in our lives that only God is able to bring down. And many of these walls will hinder spiritual progress. Perhaps it's a relationship. Maybe it's a serious decision. Maybe it's a financial shortcoming. Uh, maybe it's a sinful stronghold. And so what was it that empowered the people of God to see this miracle come to pass in their lifetime? And I firmly believe it was their strategy. They could have fought Jericho in any number of tactical ways, but Israel decided to draw their battle strategy based upon obedience to God and faith in his power to deliver them. And so it was really their strategy was to trust God, to put their faith in God. Not in their own strength, not in their own uh, reasoning, their own ideas of, you know, how can we knock that wall down? How can we make a hole in it? Or whatever they, a man can come up with. No, they put their faith in God and they obeyed his instructions. And it, uh, God has a strategy, a strategy of faith that will enable us to gain the victory, bring down some stubborn spiritual walls in our lives as well. Now, faith has a specific strategy that must be followed in order to see God's power fulfilled in your life. First of all, faith begins with a heart decision. It begins with a heart decision to trust God. To understand this, we need to go back to Joshua's initial decision before even entering the promised land. So let's go back to Joshua chapter 1. And notice with me Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. In Joshua 1, 1, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Now, the Lord began the campaign into enemy territory with the promise of victory. But in order to secure this victory, Joshua had to make a heart decision to trust God for whatever he said to do. And living through faith begins 
with a heart decision to trust God. Joshua obeyed God's command to walk around the city because he had already decided to trust God, to obey God, even when he probably didn't understand. He probably thought, walk around seven once every day in silence and then walk around seven times on the seventh day. Doesn't sound like much of a plan, but he didn't try to come up with his own plan. He says, I'm going to do what God tells me to do, even if it doesn't make sense. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. The story is told of an old Christian woman whose age began to tell on her memory. And uh, she had once known much of the Bible by heart. Eventually, only one precious bit stayed with her. And it was the verse that said, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And by and by, that even began to slip from her mind, and she would just quietly repeat, that which I have committed unto him. That which I have committed unto him. And at last she was hovering on the borderland, borderland between time and eternity, and her loved ones noticed her lips were moving, and they bent down to see whether she needed anything, and she was repeating over and over to herself one word of the text. Him, him, him. She had lost the whole Bible except one word. And yet that one word was very important. We sing a song entitled, Take the World but Give Me Jesus. All its joys are but a name, but his love abideth ever through eternal years the same. Oh, the height and depth of mercy, oh, the length and breadth of love, oh, the fullness of redemption, pledge of endless life above. Someone has said, you may trust the Lord too little, but you can never trust him too much. So faith begins as a heart decision to trust God. Secondly, faith integrates as an active decision to obey God. Faith integrates as an active decision to obey God. God ensured the victory for Joshua, but capturing that victory meant obedience to God's command. <clears throat> Let's go on in Joshua chapter 1 and go down to verse 7. Verse 7 in Joshua 1 says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayst observe to do according to all the law which, the, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou, shalt, thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, 
Neither be dis thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You could say that faith in God becomes a part of our spiritual DNA, a part of our moral fiber. It integrates in itself into our everyday life by ingesting and obeying the Word of God. It was Dwight L. Mooney, Moody that once testified, he said, I prayed for faith and thought it would strike me like lightning, but faith did not come. One day I read, Now faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of, of God. I had closed my Bible, and I had prayed for faith. Now I about, now began to study my Bible, and faith had been, been growing ever since. Listen, our faith will never grow if we're not in God's word. We can pray and pray and pray, but we've got to realize faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Again, someone has said, faith is not like gasoline that runs out as you use it, but it's like a muscle which grows stronger as you exercise it. Joshua was able to be confidently courageous because of his decision to trust and obey God. Those two things go hand in hand. And if you desire to make faith a part of your daily life, you must integrate faith by learning to obey even the seemingly insignificant portions of God's word, right down to our very thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So faith begins as a heart decision to trust God. Faith integrates as an active decision to obey God. And thirdly, faith extends as a diligent dedication to finish. Faith extends as a diligent dedication to finish. Through an obedience, God revealed his power among his people. Faith is not intended for a moment. Faith is intended to extend throughout our life. And again, we see Joshua's determination to finish his life by faith when everyone else did not. Go back to Joshua 24, verse 11. Joshua 24, beginning in verse 11. It says, And ye went over Jordan and came into Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, and not with thy sword nor by thy bow, and I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, cities which ye did not build, and ye dwell in them, of vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not to do you eat. Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which of your, 
which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We go over Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. It says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Back in the olden days, in the 60s, that's not the 1860s, that's the 1960s. Uh, 1968, as a matter of fact, a few thousand spectators remained in Mexico City Olympic Stadium. It was cool and dark. The last marathon runner, each exhausted, being carried off to first aid stations. And more than an hour earlier, Mamo Waldi of Ethiopia, looking fresh as when he started the race, crossed the finish line, the winner of the 26-mile, 385-yard event. As the remaining spectators prepared to leave, those sitting near the marathon gate suddenly heard the sound of sirens and police whistles, and all their eyes turned to the gate, and a lone figure wearing the colors of Tanzania entered the stadium. His name was John Stephen Akwari. He was the last man to finish the marathon. His leg bloodied and bandaged, severely injured in the fall. He grimaced with each step. He hobbled around the 400-meter track. And the spectators rose and applauded him as if he were the winner. And after crossing the finish line, Akwari slowly walked off the field without turning to the cheering crowd. And in view of his injury and having no chance of winning a medal, someone asked him why he had not quit. He replied, my country did not send me 7,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 7,000 miles to finish it. And God did not send his son to die for our sins and give us salvation for you and I not to finish that race as well. 12, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your minds. Joshua and the children of Israel finished their seven-day command. They saw God do the impossible. And faith continues in our life as we determine to continue to obey. Faith begins with a heart decision to trust God. It integrates into an active decision to obey God. It extends as a diligent dedication to finish. And fourthly, faith compensates with a determined reward. Faith compensates with a determined reward. Again, you go back to chapter 11 and verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. The reward of faith is not always what we think it may be. But God always rewards faith. That is faith that finishes. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. 
Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not meet uh, to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. So the question tonight is, is your life following a strategy of faith? The strategy of faith of deciding to trust God, deciding to obey God, Dedicating to finish your life trusting and obeying God. Determining to receive the reward of faith. The life of faith has a strategy to it. And I believe it involves that heart decision, that active decision, that diligent dedication, and that determined reward. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this uh, wonderful passage of Scripture. Just one verse which is loaded with truth. And we thank you tonight that we have the privilege of coming together to look into your word. We pray that it will be a blessing to each heart tonight. And we thank you for this time that we can spend also in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.